This is a headgum podcast. On a Monday. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Monday, I'm waiting. Tuesday, I'm fading. By Wednesday, I can't sleep. Then the phone rings. I hear you. And the darkness is a clear view. Cause you come to rescue me. Fall with you. I fall so fast. I can hardly catch my breath. I hope it lasts. Oh, it seems like I can finally rest my head on something real. And I, I like the way that feels. And oh, it's as if you know me better than I ever knew myself. And I love how you can tell all the pieces, pieces, pieces of me. All the pieces, pieces. Pieces of me. Wow, you know, I never sing for a full minute, but when you're teasing me with Ashley Simpson, I have to sing for the full, full minute. All right, I know what y'all are wondering. Oh, and if you don't know that song, that's Pieces of Me by Ashley Simpson. Are you living under a rock? Now, I know what you're all wondering. What year is it? Where am I? Why, the year is 2006. Two weeks in a row, we're back in 06. But don't worry, I'm here to hit you with more factoids from 06. As we already know, Shiloh Jolie Pitt was named Top Baby Born of 2006. I love the concept of Top Baby. I just had to personally, you know, say it again. Obviously, we already know George Clooney and Angie were sexiest people alive, according to People Magazine. Hannah Montana debuted on Disney Channel. Introducing Miley Cyrus to the world 30 Rock, Dexter And Ugly Betty Also debuted that year Huge year Huge, huge, huge year for television Mariah Carey's Don't Forget About Us Topped the Billboard charts for that year We obviously love Mariah Wow, this year was crazy Timberlake's Future Sex Love Sound came out Beyonce's B-Day came out Two of the best-selling albums of the year Ugh, I don't want to talk about Zuckerberg. I'm going to skip that factoid. Lance Bass came out in 2006. Powerful year. Same year that Dick Cheney accidentally shot and wounded a campaign contributor during a weekend quail hunt in Texas. Remember that? I do. And finally, 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 the number one box office movie that year was Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat. Okay, 2006 feels like a big year for comedy and music, which is interesting because my guest today is none other than Jared Goldstein. Jared, oh my God, I didn't even tell anyone where we were. Jared, you would tell the guests where we are. We We're are in, in Woodmere, Woodmere, Long, Long Island. Island. Woodmere, Long Island. And the year is 2006, but I do want to just say that I graduated early from high school and I am one of the youngest 
class of 2006. Historically, you you were people. famous for graduating from high school when you were 12. Exactly. Which is shocking. Shocked. The people were shocked. So let's talk about your high school experience as an 8 to 12 year old. Yeah. <laughs> Which were the most formative years for me. Let's just keep keep those things in mind. Now, Jared, you know, I'm so happy to have you on the show. You're someone that I've wanted to have on the show for a long, long time. And here we are. Can I tell you the first time that you asked me was back in December. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm actually not feeling great. Can we do it over Zoom? It didn't work out. The next day I found out I had COVID. Wow, you did? Yeah. You ended up having COVID? Omicron herself. Oh my God. She came, she saw, she conquered. She got my ass. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So we are in Long Island. We are living our life. Tell me, just paint the picture for us and the listeners. Who are you? What are we wearing? What's going on? What's the vibe? Who's the click? Where Where are we at? Okay, I'm really struggling to find a click. Okay. I am closeted. I am hanging out with the wrong crowd. They do not like me. Wrong crowd in the sense of how? Like, were they druggies? Were they like mean jocks? What was going on? They were they were just the the uh, the most alpha that I could sort of access, which was still pretty beta. Straight white men. (laughs) I feel like Long Island is filled with those. Yeah. Yeah. It's a home. It's a hub. It's a hub. Yeah. And do you think because you were a child actor? Yes. So were you still acting by the time you became a freshman in um, high school? You could say that was my peak. Really? Yeah. My freshman year of high school, I missed 62 out of 180 days. Oh my God. For what production? It was a bunch of stuff. You know, it's like I never, it was never like one job that really took over. It was just like, cause I was doing theater too. So it was like, there was more rehearsal time, but like you just like, you needed more jobs. Like the, the money wasn't as great and you just kind of needed, like we were just constantly auditioning and you do a show that lasted a week. You do a show that lasted a month. You do a show that lasted a week, you know? Cause you were a Broadway boy. I was. Wow, that's crazy. So were you known in high school as like, oh, there's the professional actor? Yes, yeah. Because before that, I was not known at all. I was just my very popular older sister's brother. Mm -hmm. And that put me on the map. And that's a good, like when you have a, the popular sibling, I think it's hard when it's like sisters, when it's same not to be gendered, but when it's same sex siblings at the yeah. time in high school, I think it can be really hard to feel like you're living in your, if you like Ashley your, Simpson, your, perhaps yeah. living in the, <laughs> in the shadow of her older sister, Correct. her same sex sister. Correct. So <laughs> yeah. it's nice that you had a popular older sibling that was a sister. And I think on some level, I didn't know it at the time, but I think that's why I connected with Ashley Simpson was because I very much felt like, the Ashley Simpson of the Goldstein family. Wow, really? Yes, my sister was very popular, very well-liked, very successful socially, and I just could not get it together. I even dyed my hair black at one point, and no one noticed because my hair is black. Yeah, I was going to say, your hair is basically black now. Basically black, yeah. Very dark brown. Very dark brown. So you're working. I mean, I could not imagine being a freshman in high school and fully working, being like booked yeah. and busy. Yeah. And did you also have to do school? Were you homeschooled yeah. on set? We were, well, we had, it was called education on location mm-hmm. and you had tutors, but the tutors were for much younger 
kids because I was, I started when I was 11 and I worked until I was about 16 and most of the roles that I was playing were like eight, nine and 10 year olds because I just looked really young. Right. Puberty came really late. Late bloomer. That's who I was in high school. Late, late, late. I was 5'3". What? Until my junior year. Oh, my God. Soprano. Adorable. So cute. Um, But just so out of place. Like, I would go to lunch with my friends. I would catch my reflection in the mirror. And I would double take and go, who is this child with these teenagers? (laughs) Like, truly, like, I mean, just... Just such a wild experience to not look like any one of your friends. Did you ever see the movie Almost Famous? Yes. You know when that scene when they're in the bathroom when like um, little I think it's Michael and I can never pronounce his last name who's married to Maya Erskine. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh. This actor. Oh, Angarano? Angarano. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like in the bathroom and uh-huh. all of his friends, they're all like combing their little mustaches and they have like facial hair and they're all tall and then they pan to him and he's like five foot three, has a high voice, like yes. clearly hasn't gone through yes. puberty. Yes, And then it's yes. revealed that Francis McDermott put him in school. To, he, she made him skip like three grades or something like yes. that. That's exactly how I looked. And I will say it was a a huge, huge, huge detriment to my uh, development as a young person. Um, But if you are trying to hide your sexuality from others, it is extremely helpful to look nine years old. Right. Because then you're not really like really keeps you off the table. So, okay, I have so many questions. I have so many answers and they're all good. It's really this Did episode. You, it's stay gonna tuned. Be, it's going to be it might be a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel proud like I would imagine that if I were a freshman in high school and yeah. I was fully acting, I would be cocky as fuck. I wasn't cocky because I was really so desperate. Like I was such a loser in in school. Like no friends, bad at sports, just bad at everything. Were you a good student? I was. I was a good student, but that too was also like no one cared and it was just out of desperation. Right. Like I just was like doing what I was told because nothing was working. Right. And I when I started acting and it was going well, it was very exciting, but it also like, it was interesting because it was like right away, I told my friends, the, the first thing I ever auditioned for, um, I didn't even book it, but I almost did. And I ran home, told my friends about it, and they all were not happy. They were like kind of pissed and they were kind of like, like jealous, I guess. And then I quickly like, learned that like, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell people because Mm. they might get mad at me. So it was like this thing that I was really proud of, but then immediately like had to learn that lesson of like, maybe uh, don't be too prideful because it might be like a problem. Well, yeah, because, oh God, and then dealing with that and also like being gay. Oh my God, yeah, and it was like like truly. huge things that you want to vocalize and like be proud of and you can't be and just so much to manage and to hide and just to be so aware also like not that I I, like I'm doing theater it's not like big money but I was a kid making money so right away everyone would ask how much money are you making and my parents right away were like if anybody asks you how much money you make just say enough and then don't answer the question and I was like okay weird I don't know why that matters 
Um, so Meanwhile, like, you show up to school with a Rolex on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even at school. <laughs> I'm not even there. Yeah, you're not even there. I'm busy paying for that Rolex. You're securing the bag. Uh, yes. That's what you're doing. But it was just like a lot of, and like a lot of suddenly being aware of like, uh, for someone who was already closeted and hyper aware of how I'm being perceived, it was like a new layer of adulthood that I couldn't quite understand that I was being sort of instructed on how to kind of uh, like manage and protect. Did you like, so when you got through high school, so were you doing theater in high school or were you just doing it professionally? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of. Because I was, the thing, it's like I was so young. I was 11 when I started. I, I wasn't even really that into theater. I just realized that I was good at singing. And the movie Titanic was sweeping the nation. Yeah. And my mom was like, I love the way that Celine Dion can shake her voice. Referring to Celine Dion's famous the- Vibrato. vibrato and I was like I can do that too and she was like no you can't and I was like no listen <laughs> like sing into her ear on a Saturday morning and she was like light bulb my son can sing and then just from there we it just she saw an open call on on the today show we went it went well and it just sort of snowballed it was very accidental this is very like a true Hollywood story because <laughs> like you don't hear these stories anymore yeah um, like of you know we grew up with like the kid actors like in 2006 Hannah Montana all that stuff like the way that that happened too I think was also just like Disney call like oh oh, no Billy Ray that's right she kind of had a name dad (gasps) she had that famous dad that's right but I don't know like it's it seems so interesting because when I was in elementary school Mm -hmm. and middle school all that I wanted was to be a child actor. Yes. And I begged and begged and begged my mom <laughs> yeah. to get me an agent. And you were in New York. I was in Washington, D.C. Yes. But I begged my which mom. Which is famously New York. Which is famously New York. <laughs> yeah. And I, But I begged my mom to, because I had a friend whose mom got her an agent who was in New York. Okay. So Do I you was know like, who this agent was? No, I, I don't know. Child- I had a cuckoo, cuckala cuckoo, cuckoo manager who is an absolute whatever you think a child manager is you are exactly yeah right. well in my mind they all seem insane yes you have to be mean 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 so crazy face work Wild. drinking a martini at the table no with kids yelling 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 stand on the star read the smuckers commercial oh my god and the, and the sides are being like I love grape jelly especially when my mom gives it for me as a treat or yeah, like changing something. your name so it doesn't sound Jewish like okay wait okay we also need to get into that but I was so mad at my mom because <laughs> yeah. I was like I was like, Kelly's mom took her ass to New York and got her an agent. Why the fuck can I not go and get an agent? And my mom was like, I'm not letting you be a child actor. And I was always resentful of her for that because I really felt like I'm meant to be a child actor. And then when I meet a (laughs) child actor, were you like, did you get to a point in high school where you were like, because you said you stopped when you were 16. Yes. Where you were like, I'm Puberty burnt out from this. Puberty destroyed me. It robbed me of my my innocence. And Tell me. I've never recovered fully. Tell me. It was just... 
tough. It was really tough. <laughs> <laughs> That's puberty. I'm still going through it. It is. You're still going through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was tough. It was like, because not only was it like the normal stuff that is really hard about puberty, it's also the gay stuff that is hard about puberty. And it's also the end of your professional career. Like, <laughs> and no one prepares you for that. No one prepares you no for that. No one tells you that the second you get tall, the second you get fully gorged. You get acne. Your, yeah. your voice isn't good yeah. or high. Changes. It was, a, it was just truly from one day to the next career over. Really? Yeah. I had like one last shot. I tricked some show into hiring me and after three weeks of struggling through rehearsals they I got fired I got replaced and then that and then that was the last time I ever worked in theater fuck so like because it sounds like in high school you were amongst shitty straight boys sure and that did you did you find did you end up finding your friend group in high school Yes, yeah. But did you feel that your identity was really rooted in your professional career? That 100%. at that point, 100%. So once it stopped, like, what did you do? Spiraled, cried in the shower. My God. Yeah, it was, t- it was tough. It's like when you really wrap your identity into something and then you lose that something, it's what do you do? Like, what, what do you do now? And it's, it was really tough, like when I went to college too, because it was like, Everyone was so excited. It's like the most exciting time in your life. It's like all new. You're ready to like blossom and become who you're going to become. And I was truly washed up. I was like, I am washed up. My life is over. I don't know where to go. And I'm just surrounded by my peers who are all like bright eyed and ready to start the rest of it. And it was it was definitely tough. But that, but it was also really fun. And the experiences were really positive. And it was it, it was a net gain. But it's a lot. Yeah, because I just think of like all of the identity battles we go through between the ages of like 14 and beyond, really. But like when I distill it to high school and then college, because college is a whole other ball game of Mm -hmm. or college or if you didn't go to college, still that time frame between being like 18 and like 25. I think there's so much self-discovery that goes on. But like. To mourn the loss of a career while also being in high school, while also never really feeling any sense of belonging, I could not imagine. I could not imagine. Like, that makes me... No boyfriend. No boyfriend. Did you have a girlfriend? Did you have any romantic life? None. Zero. Zero. When did you know you were gay? Young, like it started, I started to like understand and begin to understand it like probably seven, eight, nine. So you were already full on, like there wasn't a moment when you were in high school where you were like, oh, okay, like this. No, no, it was like when I, when I, when I heard about the term sexual, like confusion was really popular at the time. And I remember just thinking (laughs) like. That's a classic, like term of the early aughts that were like, people were like, wow. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. They're sexually confused. They're just confused. And I just remember thinking, like, I am not confused at all. Like, I I wish there was some confusion. Like, right. there is, it is so clear to me, like, what is happening. And, oh boy, here we go. The identity was crystallized. Yeah, truly, truly. But you tried to have girlfriends. Yeah, because you got to try, you know? Yeah. You got to try. And were the girlfriends just like, 
no like were what was the vibe where was Honestly, it like you had female friends and then you were like maybe i'll try and like see how this goes i really I, the truth is i'm actually realizing now i didn't even try until college i didn't in high school i was i was perfectly content to just ignore it and and leave it off the table it wasn't until prom that really? it really even came up and then i have a prom date and this prom date wants to have a prom night Okay. And that's when it, you know. That's when you're like, no, no, I can't do this. Simply no. It's crazy how culturally across the board prom yeah. is. The night to lose your virginity. Yeah. It's like fucking, like, can we think of one other night that's not prom night? Like, I don't know. It's yeah. so corny to me in so many ways. And like prom in reality actually like. I say this as someone that got uninvited to her senior prom, so I'm salty about the whole prom of it all. Uninvited? Did you not go? No, I didn't go. You didn't go? No. What did you do on prom night? I met up with my friend Kenzie, who's still one of my best friends to this day. Was she a junior? No, we went to different schools. Okay. And we fucking partied. Okay, you went yeah. to the White House. We went to, we went to the White House. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just pulled up to 1600 PAF. <laughs> yeah, 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 and fucking popped off. Um, <laughs> imagine. I was like, yeah, so we just decided to go to the White House instead. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that is funny, though, that people, that is how some people view when I say I DC? grew up in DC. They're yeah. like, so, like, what was that like? Like, White yeah. House. And, but there is some <laughs> truth to it, kind of. Like, yeah. you know, you do go to school with. Senators, I went to D.C. for the first and, time a few years ago. Yeah. And I um, was at the Capitol building and I thought I was at the White House. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. No, you did not. I did. I was alone. Look, you know. Yeah. Like, like, when you're, you're alone, it's like anything, anything can happen. Can happen. You can, yeah, any, there's no guidance. I just got off of a clip of being pretty alone in another country for anything a can month happen. and anything can happen, honey. Yeah. But yeah, prom was really like the high stakes event. And I think prom for Everyone, if you were either in the like alt Tim Burton inspired like clique that was doing your own thing, going to prom dressed in like clown adjacent clothes. Yes, like um like duct tape. Yeah, exactly. Car seat belts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Safety pins. Striped socks. It's so fun. They had so so much fun. So I wish that I was in that group. And as a kid, I literally thought that meant you were on the side of the devil. Mm -hmm. I was like, you are devil. Because like that was punk. Yeah. But that actually wasn't punk. It was theater. It It was was like musical theater. It was theater. It was like, (laughs) it was Cirque du Soleil, (laughs) one might say. So you were either in like the Cirque du Soleil crew where they were like having fun or you were in the popular crew where it was like very stressful. But then everyone in the middle, I think, was actually just fucking miserable at prom. Yeah. I, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. What was your style like in high school? Okay, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so my style in high school was my dad worked for a clothing company, so I wore head to toe that clothing company. <laughs> what was the clothing company? Can it you say? It no longer exists. It's called Z Brand. Mm. Their competitor was Lucky Brand Jeans. Okay. And it was a lot of 2006 style distressed. Denim. Denim. Everything had like spray paint on it. Love a paint splatter. All graphics. Love. uh, A belt that looked like a rope. Absolutely. Flip flops. Nautical. 
nautical street, one might say. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yes. Like you like could throw it over. Like rope with a paint splatter. And yes. like, yeah. Yes, exactly. So I wore that head to toe. Did you like it? Did you rock it? I did. I mean, I didn't know much at the time. You yeah. know, it's like when you're a kid, you just don't really think about it too much. And then your dad starts working for a company and that seems exciting. And then you get all these like free clothes and you're like, cool, I'm wearing like swag or whatever. I mean, it's chill that he worked for a company that seemed to make like current clothes yeah they were like they were pretty cool they were but before that he worked for tommy bahama okay so we're not which is why at my bar mitzvah we gave out towels <laughs> that was the gift you know we were really like you know we were using what we had yeah you know yeah um so i i remember like in high school going to my dad's office my dad worked in Times square which was fun because i also worked in Times square yeah and i thought we had we shared that we would yeah. take the train together a lot sometimes and like it was, a, it was a fun time. We'd get like halal food and like eat it in his office. Um, and because he like upgraded to this like younger, although it's not an upgrade because Tommy Bahama is like still a thriving company and Z-Brand doesn't exist. Um, he was working with like young, cool people and they had like models that they would have come into the office and like be brand ambassadors <laughs> and met one of the hottest men I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> In my dad's office with my dad as a closeted like 16 year old, my head is exploding. I'm like, it's one of my worst memories of just like meeting the hottest actual model who's looking into your eyes and talking to you in front of your dad who doesn't know that you're gay. It's like this was absolute demonic hell no God, I still know what he looks like he was so handsome this man good for that man good for that man he nice. booked the job a nice man booked the job brand ambassador for Z-Brand I wonder where he is now Do you I really wonder I've never thought about it for a second let's, let's look him up he's got, I don't know his name he's got to be somewhere maybe we can when we're off when we're off the pod we can do some research on uh, do some who, digging yeah do some digging Z-Brand brand ambassador was that your first crush no my first crush was like uh was josh brolin in the goonies oh okay just really toxic any like toxic man yeah um like paul walker's characters in movies oh i mean paul walker across the board yeah like any mean jock there was uh when they brought on the hot asian guy to one tree hill yeah he was like this like dick yeah that was that was some i mean talk about some asian representation like he was the first like hot rude Asian man I'd ever seen ever (laughs) and I was like wait we can be hot and rude you had no idea yeah well it's kind of interesting being you know as a fellow you and I both being Asian man as a fellow Asian (laughs) man (laughs) as a fellow half Jewish Asian man (laughs) yeah but as a fellow half Jew yes yeah I always thought it was so interesting like when I would go to Hebrew school when I would be around all my other you know Jewish friends how like these Jewish boys would get this reputation of being like sweetie good boys you know oh, like oh sure. everyone's but like, then in your actual experience yeah I'm like hmm I was like some of them can be mean oh like some of them mean. can be mean oh, like cruel yeah cruel, mean mean so yeah. I think your realization for seeing your first like these were the guys Asian that I was man. trying to be friends with who would like prank me at 5 30 on a Friday to into thinking that we were gonna hang out that night And then like asking my very popular sister for advice on how to make plans on a Friday night. And she was like, first, you start at 530. That was the big rule. 
you reach out to your friends at 5.30. Any earlier is desperate, any later, and you might miss the boat. So you have to reach out on Friday at 5.30. I was like, okay. So that's when I started texting my friends, and they'd be like, yeah, I think we're going to like probably do this, and like you should come, but da 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 we'll let you know. And then like how many nights I would like no. at, at each hour, no. you know, and then you get dressed at like 6 or 7, and then it's 7 turns into 8. And then eight turns into eight thirty, and your mom keeps coming into your room and going, "Are you gonna go out?" And I'm like, "I yep, hate that." Yeah, yeah, just pretty soon. Yeah, and then like nine o'clock rolls around, and like you take your Z brand outfit off and you put pajamas no. on, and your mom just watched it happen like one hour. There's nothing elapsing. worse than the mom that wants you to go out. Did your mom? Want oh, she wants. She wanted it so bad. My mom wanted me. She once cried herself to sleep because I was so bad at basketball. <laughs> She all she wanted. She was like, "Can he be a real boy?" No. <laughs> like that's all she wanted. And my sister was so popular; it was so easy for her. She was like, "What's happening here?" God. Yeah. That's makes me mad. I want to go and kick all those boys' asses. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad, and I just put up with it because that's what you do when you're a kid. You just like. I know you. We like you really do put up with so much shit. Yeah. And then you have to wonder like. I don't know. It's like when you're a kid, you're really just making decisions fully based on fear. I oh, think. completely. Because like, I think that when we're kids and when we're in high school, we are just fully clicked into survival mode the whole mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. Unless, of course, you are like the freakish person that high school was awesome for you and that <laughs> yeah. like you loved every second. But like anyone that's not that, yeah. every day you're waking up being like, and what am I going to do today to get through the day? Like, who do I need to? Do you remember waking up like it's November, it's Wednesday, it's 645 in the morning, you are a sophomore, you are so in the weeds, there's no end. Like there's no, end. there's no end. It's like you, it's November and you're a sophomore. This is your life, life forever. A waking hell. There's nothing in front. As far as the eye can see, it's more trees. Did you like high school? No, me too. No. I like, I, oh my God, that feeling could really make me vomit. Like I remember sitting at the edge of my bed and just thinking that at that age, like this is, I'm in so deep. And it's never going to end. No, and it really never did. And it's like, I feel like, okay, go to the Grove right now. There's teenagers there. Yeah. I don't know why. When I was a teenager, I was never not in that godforsaken building. <laughs> go to the Grove. There's constantly children there. Go to school. Why are you at the Grove? I know. I get very confused now. I think a lot of it has to do with like Zoom school, COVID, all of this stuff. I felt this before COVID. I don't, I don't know. I Maybe don't know. it's an L.A. thing. Maybe it's an L.A. thing. I think it's honestly, it's probably like a Swedish tourist thing. Yeah, it could also like, it's just be that we see like, it's like their hot, summer like Danish like, people yes. at the Grove. Yeah, I think yeah. it's that. I think it's a part, in part that. But I just, I just remember feeling like I was constantly needed in that building. Yeah. And I just wanted out. I just, it, it really did feel like an unrelenting hell. Yeah. Where it was like years you know, thinking, holy shit, I have to be in high school for four years. years. That's nine to five. That's my that's they my give entire, you a nine to like, five at the start. Not even they give you a seven forty five. 
to fucking five. To midnight with your homework. Oh my God, forget about after it. After school programs. Extracurriculars. Uh, if you're, God forbid, you're in this school play. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're God on a, forbid. You're on a sports God team. God save you. God save you What if, if you need musical? to go and travel 45 minutes Can to I go and play tough? in a basketball Can game? Can I tell you what was tough? Ta- oh wait, well I need to know your high school story. We've after the voice change. Gabbing away. What? What was tough? Going from literal Broadway. Madison Square Garden to a funny thing happened on the way to the forum in Woodmere, Long Island. Woo! You're really like that old, you're, you're like that old lady in um, Drop Dead Gorgeous who does the choreography. Do you know, are you versed in the film? Wait, I'm sorry. I'm still blacking out. From I know. Because I haven't, I haven't like really vocalized this experience like this. Because it's so extreme. And then you also are getting directed by like your high school theater director. And I'm sure. Directed slash bullied. Yeah, I would have. The word is bullied. The theater director, I say this every episode, always a bully. Always ruins someone's life. Full blown bully. The thing is, you want to go in there and be like, bitch, do you know who directed me? Do you know where I came from? This little podunk town has And here's the thing, too. Here's the thing, too. I genuinely never, ever came at it from that place because, again, it was like being, like being gay, being closeted, like knowing how not fast or how good at basketball you are. Like, there's no coming back from that. Like, I'm still a, like, okay, f- sure, I'm on Broadway, but I'm still a 14-year-old boy who ran an 11-minute mile. And you can't unsee that. So right. it's like, there is a ceiling to my confidence. Right. So like, Well, because I, of the, the currency of what matters. Yes. Is not you being on Broadway. And, and not only is it, is it that it's not that, the thing that actually does matter, I am at the bottom of the barrel with. The bottom of the barrel. Yeah, why did everyone care about how fast you could run? People cared. People Who cares? cared. It's so boring. It's uh, good for Matt Rogers. I know. And now we said it. <laughs> and now we said it. <laughs> and you're in a town just not not far on the same little island of Long Island. Not far at all. Not far at all. So is there a moment like a high school moment that sticks out in your brain as being like, wow, this is kind of this is kind of a story that is so quintessentially my high school experience, or this is something that just sticks out in your brain from that time. It doesn't even need to be necessarily about high school. It can just be something that happened in this time. Honestly, there's two of them. Let's hear it. Okay. The first one. Okay. Here's, okay. Here's two and they're, and they're brief. Um, Okay. The first one getting pulled out of class in the middle of the day in my SpongeBob SquarePants t-shirt. Cute. Yes. Um, to uh, get into my mom's car and find out that I'm gonna be on Broadway and then sobbing in the car. Oh my God, what was the production? It was a Christmas Carol. Wow. As earlier said, at Madison Square Garden. Ever heard of it? They That's played basketball insane. there. So, you know, I might not be good at basketball, but I still got to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, you mom. did. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was a it was a really nice moment, but it's also one that I've gone back to and like just wondered why I was sobbing. And I know why, but it's like it is sad and weird that a you know, to like get a good thing as a child and for the reaction to just be overwhelming tears because it's like, okay, something's going on. Like what is go- like what do you need that you aren't getting that this is kind of bringing you there? Um and then on the other side of it, um 
now being like just fully grounded like the the dream popped <laughs> ended we are feet back on the ground uh i'm wearing a toga to play hero in a funny thing happened on the way to the forum how old are we 16 17 yeah maybe 17 mm-hmm. 16 something and stepping out in the toga for the first time no armpit hair called out by by an adult on the premises in front of the entire That production. is mortifying. 17 years old, no armpit hair. A teacher goes, you don't have any armpit hair, do you? I can't In front of like that. 60 children. That is so fucked up. And that was like another, that's just like, it's, it's so like, even in the moment, like in the moment, you know, like you have like glimpses of like, like, it's almost like your, your future adult has to step in. Yes. You know? And like, you kind of know what's happening. Yeah. Like you, I kind of went numb for that to just be like, I know this isn't about me. Yeah. But like, it still is happening to me. That feels like a big part of like, because it's all of it. It's like the humiliation, like the late bloomer, like having to kind of like manage your like feelings that you don't quite understand in front of all these other people. And that was a big part of it too. What a terrible, I think that some of these people, like some of these adults don't realize, or they, or I would imagine that like, you know, as a teacher, you probably become pretty desensitized over time yeah. to just how sensitive yeah. kids are. Yes. And I think that one of the reasons why being like a teenager is so confusing and hard is because you are discovering new emotions constantly. Mm-hmm. And you're discovering like yourself through them. It's so intense and it's also big feeling. And then when you have an adult, someone that you feel like in your world is supposed to respect you and support you is then saying some shit like you don't have any armpit hair. (laughs) Yeah. It makes you feel so small. Yeah. It's like, it's so easy to look back and just like rip everyone, a new one around you and like not look at yourself so like, I always want to be mindful of that. Like it was a different time. Like the intentions were not always bad, but like, I, I, I do think there is some benefit at least just personally and privately to, to look back and, and at least just for your own sense of self to like, to just own those moments. Yeah. You know, let yeah. yourself sink your teeth into this like victimhood. I mean, I think some people really were shitheads. Yeah. And that's like the truth. Yeah. And I think some people were really good kids. But even the people who were shitheads were all going through something. It was like a one-to-one. Like nobody was like doing well and treating people well, you know? No, also like my heart breaks for the shitheads in high school because it's like clearly there's so much pain happening inside. That we don't have the vocabulary or the confidence to speak to head on. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel for everyone. It's just hard when, like, it we feel so raw every day. Oh, my God. I still remember what my first armpit hairs looked like and how wiry they were. How old were you when you finally got them? Like, probably 17 and a half. 
When did you go through puberty? I started when I was 16. And then when did you like, because you're tall now. I grew seven inches in a year and a half. Oh my God. It was deeply painful. That's crazy. Physically. Yeah. Really? Because your skin was stretching? And like your my bones hips. Yeah, like I have like aching? stretch marks on my hips. Like my bones were constantly hurting. Oh my God. Just, yeah. That's but I also, I was so glad. I was like, please, God, please stretch me out. <laughs> Did you think that when you were, when you were like five foot three, were you like, this is just the height I'm going to be for the rest of my life? Well, we went to an endocrinologist. Okay. Who like put me on a chart and like took tests and all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they measure your balls. What? They have basically like a janitor's keychain, but instead of keys, it's different sized balls. <laughs> That's so weird. And they measure your balls. For what? Just to kind of like see where you're at. They're like a hormone doctor. Right. And basically we were going to like find out if I needed hormone therapy. Like if I wasn't going to start puberty. Because it just every year it wasn't coming. Which also at the time, again, it's like this double-edged sword of like every year I didn't hit puberty. It was another year that I could work. I mean, puberty really took a lot from you. It. I'm obsessed with it. It's so pathetic. Puberty f- kind of, kind of fucked your whole entire thing up it it really it's truly 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 are you resentful that you didn't do you wish that your puberty time held off until you at least went to college no you would have wanted to go through puberty before college yeah I don't you know I don't know I don't know what I would have wanted I don't know that there was any like if it came earlier or if it came later if any of that would have been better right I just really wish I had a therapist the whole sure. time sure could you imagine if maybe you did maybe you I had did. a therapist I my mom not... put me in therapy when I was like nine my mom was like you're fucked up <laughs> was it helpful like was it did you feel like you were able to like be honest and really get things off your chest to this therapist this one therapist when I was um uh, oof, I guess I was in middle school. Um, yes, she was helpful. I really needed someone. Okay. So she was helpful. Then I like. Do you have like like um sessions that you remember from yes. high school that were like, wow, greatest hits? Yeah, I remember. I had this one moment with my therapist in middle school where I really kind of saw the reality like I I understood the humanity of my parents for the first time wow you know when you like when you stop seeing your parents as parents and you're like oh maybe you're actually just a fucked up person yeah you know like I had I had a realization like that and I remembered her office so well like it's etched in my brain and she used to give me pretzels and apple juice. Oh. <laughs> it was across the street from the zoo. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. But you know, if I had someone to talk to, I think it would if I had But would a- you have talked? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I would have felt safe, but I I here's the thing. I do think ultimately I think ultimately I would. I like to think that I would because I only because I I like therapy now so much. Right. And I like. But do you think you like therapy now so much because. Because I needed it so much. Because what? I didn't have it. Maybe that's because you didn't have it. But because like 
because it sounds like you were relatively uncomfortable mm -hmm. in your body oh and in your experience in high school. Do you think that you would have gotten to a place of being comfortable enough to vocalize your uncomfortability? I think so. I do. I, I, I could be wrong. Well, maybe the power of performance and also like being around adults in a professional setting gave you more confidence to do that, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. Like, truly maybe. Uh, Did you drink or do drugs in high school? No. Never? No, it wasn't until after because through high school, I was like, I mean, I, I mean, I just all I talk about, but that's that was my whole life at the time. Right. I was like, I'm a singer. Right. So I can't be smoking. I can't be drinking. Like, no. I gotta, I gotta take care of my instrument. Wow. Yeah, it was like very self-serious. When did you, so when you left and when you went to college, is that when you started? Yeah, yeah, when it was just like, it's all gone to shit. I don't know what to do. And I was like, but even at the time, like, it didn't feel like it came out of anger. I mean, it certainly was, but I didn't feel like I was like, ah, give me the drugs. Right. I was like, well, I don't have this thing that I have to, protect. you know, you protect anymore. So like, if anything good can come out of it, like it's MDMA. Right. Let's give it a whirl. And like a social experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I really just like, I really wanted to try everything. Wow. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Knock, knock, knock. Oh, my God. Is that the school guidance counselor I hear? Why, yes, it is. We're in the school guidance counselor's office. I did the knock, 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 even though there's a sound drop that is a knock, knock, knock. So they're going to get a double knock because, honey, we're in the school guidance counselor's office. And who is the guidance counselor? It's me, baby. That's right. Now, in this section of the pod, we like to use this time to release ourselves of any Thing that's been annoying us, weighing us down. If you want to say fuck you to someone, if you want to apologize, if you want to use this time to just release yourself of any of these past high school traumas, this is what the guidance counselor is here for. So Jared, is there anything that you want to just get off your chest that when you, when we finish recording this podcast, you will release and never think about ever, ever again, because that is how therapy works. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it does work. And it does work. It works. It really does work. Has anyone ever apologized to themselves? Um, that kind of goes, like people do that. Wow. The dogs next door are, are barking because they're so excited for this section. <laughs> yeah. Um, People apologize to themselves during like 
advice to your young because I will ask you after this what okay. advice you could give your younger self. But if you want to use this time to apologize to yourself, go for it. I say you can use this time to do whatever you want. I mean, I certainly do want to do that, but I am going to take this time with my one and only guidance counselor uh, to sort of say fuck you to teachers who took the curriculum so seriously. I feel that. Go off. Continue. Uh, Just the torture of that and how little it ultimately actually mattered and how it just felt like the weight of the world was on all of our shoulders. The pressure, the stress. Oh my God. Just so inappropriate. Was your high school academically competitive? Yes. Yeah. Very, Same. very, 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 Same. very. Like they were like, when you get to college, you don't even know. College was a breeze. College was nothing compared to what they were putting us through in high school. Did you go to college with a lot of kids from your high school? Mm-mm. No, I went to I went to college with one student from my high school. And were you friends when you got there? We weren't friends in high school, but we were friends in college. Interesting. And truly just because I decided that he was going to be my friend. Like That's it wouldn't fun. have happened naturally. I was just like, you are going to be my friend. And did you stay friends? <laughs> we kind of did. Cute. Yeah, we did for a while. He it was a great. He was somebody who I came out to and worried he would um, judge me and was a, a dream from heaven. You went to NYU? No, God, I didn't get in. I went to Pace University. Pace, 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 Pace. Just as expensive, but just worse. Whatever, you enjoyed. You enjoyed. Yeah, you know, the stress of being in an academically competitive high school is unparalleled to any stress I've ever felt now as an adult. Truly, 100%. Like, you feel like, you feel like, like your, this test stands between you and the possibility of a future. And if you don't do well on the test, then it is your fault and yep. yours alone. Yep. And click, it starts right now. It was so, so, so intense. And I, I'm even someone who did pretty well in school. Yeah. But like just towards towards the end of high school, when things were just getting harder and like not working and falling apart, I became just inherent. Like that's also when I learned to drive, which I think is why I am inherent. Like I am just sort of like my baseline driving skill is like pretty abysmal. Um, because at the time I was just like, well now I actually have something going on and I'm really distracted and I'm like frustrated and I'm like sad. So like, obviously why would I prioritize any of this education why would I believe any of it I'm like nothing is work I'm doing everything you guys are telling me to do and none of it's working so why would like learning the rules of the road help me I also do think that like there is a mind fuck element of being a full-on professional child Mm -hmm. and then needing to be back in the school environment and whether it's driving school or like yeah whatever and needing to take it seriously yeah because you already got a taste of what it's like to have a career, Mm -hmm. to have financial freedom Mm -hmm. to, even though of course your parents like managed your money and whatever, but very well, if I do say so, but it is hard, I think to then need to take it so seriously when you have already had the experience that people die for after school when they realize like oh like there is more to life than just getting a 
five on my AP US history exam. Did you get a five on your AP US history? Fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. I think I got like a two on my AP US history exam. I got a one on the AP chemistry exam. The highest AP score I ever got, the highest score I probably ever got on a test was a four on my AP bio exam. Whoa. But that was it. Wait, that's huge though. The, AP bio is hard. It was the the best test I've ever done in my life. I wish that it could have counted for me to go to college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish it was my SAT. I am not a test taker. I fell asleep halfway through the SATs to a point where I didn't even take the SAT. I ended up <laughs> taking the ACTs. That was another, when they, by the time the SATs came, I had checked out. Yeah, oh my God. I had fully God. checked out. I was like, I did fine, but I was just like, simply didn't practice. I was like, yeah. I know, like the door has closed. Like, it was open and I, I, you had me like I, you had me for a long time. Yep. And then when things started going south, I was like, no one protected me from this. Nope. So I'm out. No, nope. I am out. I hear that. I mean, I kind of had a reverse thing happen to me. Like freshman, sophomore, junior years of high school, my grades were so bad. I was a very bad student. I literally just got by by like befriending my teachers. And wow. Like, but that's a life skill. It is. But then senior year, something changed in my brain where I was like, okay, maybe school is not as hard as I thought it was. And then I started doing really well in school. Yeah. But by that point, and this is why the whole thing is fucked up and stupid and bad, by that point, my grades that I got my senior year of high school didn't matter. They didn't matter. Because I had already accumulated so many bad marks. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like, well, we don't give a fuck that you showed us that you can do this for one year. Yeah. You know, and congratulations, you just ruined your future. <laughs> Stupid. I gotta know, what advice could you give your would you give your high school self? I would say, Jared, please, please. Please stop microwaving lean pockets on styrofoam <laughs> plates. Please don't do that. It is not good. If you are peeling melted cheese <laughs> off of melted styrofoam and then putting that into your mouth every night, <sighs> the consequences insurmountable. Please stop Gnarly. doing that. Gnarly. <laughs> yes. It's. Did you wait? Did you want to apologize hear to yourself? It. I can still hear the sound of the hot pocket ripping off, the ripping plate. off of the melted, now blackened styrofoam. I mean, there are so many hot pocket jokes, but I will say, when they say it's a hot pocket, <laughs> it is a very hot pocket. <laughs> it's like it'll get the corner of your mouth. I don't know. Like I don't know any other food that is so literally named. <laughs> You know, it is like what? Well, like said, like you said it in front of someone. They're like, "What? What is this?" And you're like, "It's, it's a, a hot, hot pocket." pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, just what it is. That's exactly, it's exactly what, it, what is. it is. There's no frills. But like, can you? I can still like just like the the ASMR of oh, like, I'm ripping oh, like it peeling off. the plastic and then taking the paper like foil paper pocket that goes around it yep. kind of out opening it the feeling of the paper kind of opening yeah sliding the frozen pocket into, into the outer pocket yep. putting it in the microwave you know two i think it was two and a half minutes absolutely came out 
piping hot. If you, if yeah, I mean, I had I, a one pocket a night habit for years. Oh sure, why not? Meatball mozzarella lean pocket, delicious. Will and Grace on the TV. I love that. Don't talk to me. I had like <laughs> when I was in elementary school I had a real like Chef Boyardee beef ravioli addiction (laughs) you can put in the microwave wow Chef Boyardee beef ravioli yep oh man I can taste that sauce I can taste that sweet, was it sweet fucking sauce. It was just like a, a very sweet tomato. Yeah. Kind of like, there was a point too, because I was a real like child of working parents would cook myself dinner starting at the age of like nine vibe. Yes. And ragu. Had, <laughs> ragu? Ragu had their um, version of Easy Mac. Oh. Which was... Like, you know, noodles and yeah. marinara sauce. Oh, but it yeah. was ragu. Yeah, but it was ragu. So like a little spaghetti. A little spaghetti. In 90 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And it was good. Well, I developed... Was it a powder? No, it was like you'd squeeze a sauce out of like a packet or okay. something like that. But Yika. But I just really developed a taste and it is something that if I were to taste it right now I'm sure would be gross but it Mm -hmm. would like take me back to being a kid yes for this like sweet tomato sauce that you can truly only find in Chef Boyardee and Ragu it is not SpaghettiOs which is like sweet tomato soup it is not that. It is just that does like, sound kind of good though. It, have you never had spaghettios? I've never. I never. No. I one time I went to my friend Jared's house and his mom made us ravioli with ketchup and butter. And I ran Whoa. home and was like, "Mom, you please have to make me that is a this hack. dish." And she was like, "What is it?" Your and mom I was, was like, like, "No ravioli with ketchup and then with butter." And she was like, "But." No, I'm not making you that. That is terrible. I was like, but it's so good. Yeah. Please make it for me. Oh, it's it's always the thing of like when you go to friends' houses that yeah. have like junk food. Like my friend Lillian, who I still love to this day, when it was your birthday, her mom would make candy cake. So it would be like a boxed cake mix, like, okay. you know, like a moist like funfetti or something like that. Icing from like, you know, the... Betty Crocker like mm. little jug so good and then the cake would be decorated with candy okay. so then it would be what like candy anything Nerds. I I actually made Patty a version of a candy cake oh. um for her birthday this year but like gummy worms Reese's peanut butter cups Reese's pieces like skid, it really depended. Like it could yeah. be anything. Make it, make it what you want. It's just like covered in candy, and that was not something that happened in my house. Like no. my home was diet nineties food. Yes, until Olean, everything was Olestra. Like, oh baked my Lays. god, baked Lays. And um, when I first started snack child well acting, cookies. Yes, when I first started child acting, my manager put me on a diet. Are you kidding? And we did it for one week. My mom picked me up from school. It was like a Monday. On the car ride home, she was like, so I spoke to your manager and we got to go on a diet. And I was like, okay. It was kind of glamorous to me at the time. I was like, all right, interesting. Let's try it. And when you're, it's it's 2001 and you're on a diet, baby, 
you're eating like 100 calorie packs. Absolutely. Like it's all of that. It's all aspartame. All of that. And I did it for three days and then I cried. And then my mom was like, we're not doing this. Was your mom a good cook? Is your mom a good cook? My mom is a good cook, but she, like, like your parents, she, they were always working. Yeah. So there was, it was really not much happening there. What was the dish? The dish. The dish. It was a chicken cutlet burned to hell that was just so bland mm-hmm. and so dry. There was just not an ounce, not an ounce of anything left in it. Ugh. Just terrible like truly like also at the time there was a huge fear of like salmonella e coli Ah. so everybody was just burning their meat until it was dead and nothing nothing can be good and then i just when i started cooking as an adult and realizing the power of just slightly undercooking your meat putting a little salt on it babe you're done it's fine it's gonna be fine Mm -hmm. and i just realized how little salt we use and how overcooked everything was as a kid and like just (laughs) chewing on a bland hard tire no masquerading as a chicken cutlet don't you dare do that to chicken cutlets no (laughs) oh yeah um now i gotta know our last question of the show what was your senior superlative i think because i don't remember at this again at this point i'm now checked out and i don't really care i showed up to my high school yearbook photo shoot like couldn't cared less couldn't have cared less didn't do my hair didn't do nothing and did I regret it I did go to prom you did I did go to prom what did you wear I what did I wear I don't really remember a tuxedo I, I uh, like a suit did you have a date I had a date cool. cutie a cutie from heaven great yeah um but then again did not have sex and that right. was a big big disappointment understandably so did she go into the night being like we're gonna fuck i think so mm. i didn't know that at the time i right. mean i should have picked up on all of those all of those you know cues but did I you didn't. guys kiss we did kiss yeah and it was the second time that we had kissed wow. and the first time we kissed was at, at a homecoming in the gym in like hiding from the bleachers like it sort of literally wrapped up in like volleyball equipment wow that's hot. so hot and romantic let me tell you, teeth, 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 no. all teeth. Click, 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 click. Was click. that your first kiss? My first kiss. I can still, I can feel, I can feel the teeth hitting mine. I can feel my feet. I can feel the of teeth of my tripping. first kiss hitting mine. Yeah, tripping up on a net. Wow. And then the second time we kissed was at prom, and we kissed in like the limo, mm. and she stopped and she goes, "You've learned." <gasps> oh my god. So yeah. So yeah, you could say yeah, you learned. I learned. <laughs> I learned. So what what do you think your senior superlative was? I think it was famous, like most likely to be famous. And you know what? Sometimes they're sometimes they're true. Sometimes they just nail it on the damn. Sometimes head. they just know. They just got it. Well, because you were famous. Um n- never was famous, have yet to be famous. You are famous. But I was an actor. Right. And that so was So I think when you know when when you are in like a bubble community. This is also pre-Instagram, pre-Facebook, all of this shit. Yeah, everyone's famous now. We're all when, famous. Well, but also, we are all famous, but also 
before all of that, we had nothing to compare it to. So if you were like, I'm on Broadway, people are like, yeah, he's famous. He's on sure. Broadway. Yeah. Whereas now it's like you go to someone's Instagram and you're like, well, you're not verified and you don't have, <laughs> um, and you only have 900 followers. Like, you know, like whatever. You know, we, I was thinking about this the other day. We were like, because of like, if you're scrolling through Instagram and you follow a blend of celebrities and your own friends, it is like the, the celebrity magazine just now has your friends in it too. And that is what Instagram Instagram is. Yeah. We're flipping through like an Us Weekly and then every third page is like your friends. Yep. And then it's back to Dua Lipa and then it's like yep. your mom's neighbor and then it's like back to Bieber. I know. And it's, it's interesting. It always goes back to Bieber. We're all famous now. Isn't <laughs> we it are nice? all famous. Um, wow. What an incredible episode. We really went on a ride down yes. memory lane. We um, did. And I, I took us down and yeah. I want to, I want to say it to the listener. I know that I really like, I took us there. And I, I applaud you for listening and for sticking through and kind of giving me the benefit of the doubt. Well, and you had such a unique high school experience. I think one might say a first here on Senior Superlatives. Jared, where can everyone find you and follow you and see you live and laugh and laugh and laugh? You can find me on my Instagram at heyjaredhey. And that's where I put all my information Constantly doing shows, constantly on the road. It's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. Toxic. It's incredible. <laughs> um, and once again, thank you so much for listening to another absolutely perfect episode of my world-renowned podcast that every single person on planet Earth listens to, Senior Superlatives. And like I say every week, stay cool, never change. Until next time, ciao, ciao. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>